0: Log Talk Radio. Once again, once
1: again, once again, you are tuned in live to your 15 Minutes Radio and Beyond Words. And um, I know Chanessa is certainly beyond words at this point. Um, today we're going to have a authentic conversation, a Come to Jesus meeting tonight, because what is happening in America right now is... Uh, Sometimes you have to just moan, as Jennifer Hudson says, and just, I I just don't know, shake your head. Um, The country is open for business. So we know that several states are relaxing um, their rules and regulations in regards to businesses. And we understand that there's more than one side to this debate. Um, but we we have to understand what's going to happen next. So, I mean, Shanessa, mm-hmm. let let's just talk about your first thoughts. Um, you know, the states, uh Georgia, um, Texas and a few <laughs> other states are uh slowly of course Texas, I mean <laughs> it it wouldn't be right if Texas mm-hmm. was not one of the first. So Tell me your first thoughts once, you know, as you see things are opening um,
2: around you. uh, What are your first thoughts on that? My very first thought is I think they're trying to kill us. That's my very first thought. (laughs) I mean, this is, and I say that um, jokingly, but in all seriousness, I just do not understand how we can, just move at this pace without having the right infrastructure in place. Like, it scares me that um, it's almost like all these governors are looking to win the first prize for being stupid because these are stupid games. They're playing with people's lives. It literally does not make sense for Texas, more Georgia, Florida, any of these states to say we are open for business when they don't have adequate supplies for testing, contact tracing, or even healthcare workers. But it literally, okay. it, it just doesn't make sense. And now, I'm afraid d- d- for d- d- our d- d- community.
1: Exactly. And Durrell is going to join us later, but for now, we're we're just mm-hmm. going to have this conversation because uh, last week we talked about vulnerable populations, and mm-hmm. it, it seems like there is a dim- dismissive tone uh, to this story now, uh, because I guess now it affects more vulnerable populations than it did initially. Uh, there, there seems mm-hmm. to be a dismissive tone. Do you feel that way, or do you feel like no, the messaging is still the same?
2: No, I do feel like it's very dismissive, um, and I, I really am, I'm beyond disappointed um, in the national leadership and the both sides that he's attempting and that administration is attempting to play by inciting protests and, on the other hand, you know, suggesting that people keep these social distancing guidelines in place. Um, For the lack of a better word, it is a shit show. Like, everything about what's happening right now, the messaging, yeah, the messaging shift as soon as they said those most vulnerable, quite frankly, were expendable. And that's what a lot of people heard from this administration and those that are supporting this. Okay, so
1: I'm, I'm going to play the other side right now, okay? So mm-hmm. is this because um, this is a Republican president that you feel this way?
2: No, because I would feel the same way regardless of what um, classification was behind their name if they decided this was the route they were going to go. Um, ironically, I will say, though, Um, as an independent, but I do um, tend to caucus with the Democrats, Um, but as an independent voter, I've yet to see any other parties, Green Party or even the Democratic Party participate in these ridiculous stay-at-home protests. Um, So, yeah, it's not about the Republican president at this point. It's really about the, the human race and whether or not he's going to try to circumvent more deaths or this administration is going to try to circumvent more deaths, or are we just going to, you know, roll the dice and let the chips fall where they may? And you know what? If the African-American and Hispanic populations are not completely decimated, so be it. But if they are, so what? Because that's the way it feels right now. So, so what responsibility does
1: the Democrats and the independents? Uh, we, we've heard a lot of bashing of Republicans. Um, I I mm-hmm. don't um, even say that I know all Republicans. I don't know all Democrats or independents. I'm actually independent. Mm-hmm. But what role do they play? I mean, we have representatives that we sure. uh, voted into congress i don't know whether they just came back from vacation or maybe they went back early into session i'm not exactly sure but what role do they play in watching this uh reality television show every day at three four five Mm -hmm. six o'clock um what role do they play do they have any responsibility or in november will they just say hey it wasn't us it was him
2: No, absolutely. They have responsibility, and I think that um, the independent senator from Maine, who also caucuses with the Democrats, brought that to the attention of the people last Friday about the lack of testing. Um, I think the Democrats and independents, all all, any politician that's representing any part of our country, they have a responsibility to ratchet up the response to this crisis, and if they are... um, you know, playing the political part of, well, we're just going to let, um, you know, this administration box themselves in. Then they too are just as responsible for unnecessary deaths as the president is. I mean, the reality is we are still three months behind in testing, um, and having the mm-hmm. testing capacity to cover the U.S. And there's so much finger pointing to the point where it's just nauseating. Um, on both sides, but they do have a responsibility to hold this president accountable. But let's face it, that's very hard to do given the current person we're talking about who has bucked the system every chance of the way, cheated, lied, colluded, whatever you want to call it. He's done all these things, survived an impeachment, and yet here we are. So it's very hard for them to have a lot of teeth in this game. So, um,
1: Darrell, we're talking about the responsibility um, of Democrats and Independents in this whole thing because, as I stated, we we have voted representatives into Congress and all of those different offices, you know, people to represent us, and we can't just blame Republicans. That that's just not the truth, if we're going to be truthful here and have an authentic conversation, what role does the Democrats and the independents and those we voted into office, what role do they play? What responsibility do they have to stop what we see as mismanagement of this entire uh, COVID-19?
3: You know, it's interesting that you bring that up because You know, a Republican has been in the White House Going on four years now Uh, But before that You know, we had a Democrat in the White House For eight years Meanwhile, we've had Democrats In office for 20 and 30 years uh, Who are some very Well-known names They're in the U.S. House They're in the State House And the State Senate And they get a pass Uh, You know, people are really quick To throw the blame at Republicans Meanwhile, you have Democrats who are taking selfies and participating in food drives. Well, food drives are important, but that's not their key function. That's not what they're supposed to be doing in such a situation um, as this. And, and I think a lot of, you know, the the blame has to go to those who are Democrats as well. I mean, I, I was looking last week, and Sheila Jackson Lee was standing on stage with Mayor Turner, and they had one of those blown up, you know like the the publishers' clearinghouse uh, checks, and the check said that it was from Hyundai okay. in the eighteenth congressional district of Texas, and it was for a hundred thousand dollars. A couple of questions ran across my mind. number one, who wanted to get the check printed and have it at the check at the press conference? Was it Hyundai? <laughs> Well, probably not because a Hyundai executive was not holding the check. Like, we have to really take notice at what's going on and and understand that a lot of people are just playing us lip service, taking selfies, and shucking and jiving when we're in the middle of a pandemic.
1: So is it an example of um, the government itself handing out checks?
3: Is that the same thing? Pretty much. And I also found it very symbolic that here's a check for $100,000 from Hyundai that's being lauded when, in fact, $100,000 is a drop in the bucket, not only to Hyundai, Mm -hmm. but to what's necessary in this pandemic. It will be the equivalent of you blowing up a $10 check that you're going to give to your neighbor who just lost their job, and you're going to take a selfie with Mm. them, and, like, it's the same thing. And and we're continuing to allow it, and that shouldn't be. If you've been in office for 25, 30 years, you should have the network down. When emergencies happen, one of the benefits of you being in office for 30 years is you could pick up the phone, and there's an instant pipeline. To get things to where they need to be There should be some benefit To your having been there so long And from neighborhood To neighborhood There's a lack mm-hmm. We continue to elect people To give really good speeches And are really charismatic But we don't expect anything from them We kind of give them the scholarship But we never check their grades afterwards It's kind of like here all right, mm-hmm. ride just go What about my GPA oh, wow. you, don't care about GPAs? you just go Wow.
2: Wow. So I think, I think I, yes, I, we, ha- we have to hold them accountable, but we also have to understand if things were in place that are now, now currently not in place, these were things that they didn't have to worry about. So when you think about the actual disillusion of the pandemic office that happened under the cover of night and that happened by this administration, um, that's a very difficult task to pick up in the middle of a pandemic, to say, oh, we didn't know the office. Even to this day, this administration will not admit that that office and the work that they were doing is completely just disassembled, gone, all the things that were in the works, completely gone. No one's talking about that. So I agree with you that, yes, mm-hmm. we have to hold both sides accountable, but is my priority in my district, and I'm just going to defend them for a really quick second here, was to make sure that the economic infrastructure of my community—if that was my
0: focus, or
2: whatever my focus was—for me now to pivot without those resources to focus on a pandemic—that's challenging. And let's let talk about resources, though, for a second as well. When we talk about them going about it their own resources, I will tell you I can see. Say- we saw opportunities that that happened here in Texas where the senator who represents El Paso was riding on the back of a truck with 500,000 antibody tests that no one could use that were gotten through mm. his private friend who owns an ER. And once those tests arrived to healthcare workers and they found so many false negatives that they like completely said none of these are, are usable. Allowing them to use their own resources without government oversight and without that government approval and it, of the channels in which they're seeking that assistance, it can be more devastating than not.
0: I, I think that I one so.
1: of the one of the things that's happening when when you have. Um, People who have been in office for years And I, I've never held a position Let's make this clear But It's the result Why mm-hmm. After 20, 30, 40, 50 60 years In Congress okay. has your district Not changed Absolutely. Exactly. Why is it still
3: Absolutely. The
1: same as your First day I understand your first day You have to understand how to play politics
2: Right your your right. first
1: couple of years, you're playing politics. The same thing when you go to work. Same thing. Right. But if the dimensions, if things within your community after 20 years has not changed, where the people are still in the same position, there's generational poverty that continues,
0: mm-hmm. do
1: you have a responsibility to say, hey, these are some of the things that we're going to do to
2: make sure that there's an economy within this area. Absolutely. Absolutely. But you have to think about it from this perspective as well. I agree with you. If you're in any role that's 20, 25 years in, and you have not moved your community or your constituencies forward, and you're not seeing the increase in the measurement of their economic prosperity or their better quality of life, then you shouldn't be in that role. In that case we could we could talk both sides because the entire <laughs> Congress should be uh just relieved of their responsibilities come November. Just about. I would say those about over sixty percent or so fall in that 30 year realm where not a whole lot has changed under their leadership.
3: And and even and even Tanissa to take it closer to the more local level, you know, on Facebook, maybe a year and a half ago or so, I started highlighting the the myths that exist when it comes to the state house here in Texas, right? Which you would assume the majority of the, the longest serving people would be Republicans. When in fact, no, they're Democrats. People like Garnett mm. Coleman, who's my state rep, who I called mm-hmm. the, today, and didn't get an answer from the from the regular, you know, the the public line. There's no answer. I wants a voicemail. I left another voicemail. Do I have the chief of staff cell mm-hmm. phone number? Yeah, but as a constituent, the people who live around me are they able to do that? No, no. So I want I want to know what's happening on the regular line. These people have been in office. And we've just Mm -hmm. allowed them to sort of exist. Dennis Coleman's been there going on 30, if not more than 30 years. Um, And I would argue that his area has actually gotten worse than it was when he got there. I would argue that the the economic – go ahead.
2: But I I would not – to to put all – responsibility about the prosperity or the change of that area onto that one individual, even though they've been in that 20 or 30 years, there's a lot that has changed in that 20 or 30 years from redlining to, um, um, Oh my God, the redistricting, redistricting of their areas. There's so Mm -hmm. many other things in place that also impact those areas. And what you see are those are quite frankly, I'm amazed at at the State House, people who have led that long, because that means that there are strongholds that refuse to become a part of the current I would, political envi- environment.
3: I would I would beg to differ. I would say someone okay. who's been there for 30 <laughs> years is anything but mm-hmm. a stronghold. I think the way that you exist for thirty years or so, is to learn how to go along to get along. I, I worked one session. I worked a twenty eleven session for a state representative uh, from the Houston area, and I never heard this from her mouth. But I've sat in meetings where I've heard state representatives say, "Hey, I have to vote against this because of my district, but I would like to see it go through." Right? So they're playing the game. But are they yes,
2: representing the interests you- of the people? Or their self interest, because so that sounds like representing the interest of the people versus her own self interest.
3: No, 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 no. I would argue that in a lot of, of in a lot of instances, it's the, their self interest. You have a lot of people who represent the poorest districts who who own property mm-hmm. in those districts, but they don't live there. Google Google your state representative, right? And if you live in Texas, Google your state representative. And you can see where their public domain, like where they've registered their home address, right? You can look that up in mm-hmm. the county, uh, or you could even look it up on their official, uh, the thing that they used to file, right? So if and Google Maps that okay, house. But, Google so Maps that house. That a lot of times, times they don't somebody is,
2: If they don't live in that community, yet they're representing that community, then that's a challenge with the people who are voting for them. I, and I'll, I'll,
0: I'll,
2: in all earnest, If you're telling me that they don't live in that community, but they represent that community, so if the community continues to erode, they don't care because they're in another area.
1: Exactly. And I think you're going to have uh, uh, both sides of this. You're you're going to have those who really do care and are caught up in this system. You know, again, it's kind of like being at work, and there's a political um, ladder of leadership where, Mm -hmm. you know, you have to go along to get along and all of that. But with all of that being said, we we I wanted to, I want to make it clear to our listeners that this is not a republican pro, uh, problem. This is not a democratic not. problem. This is a human race of people problem that we want to see fixed. And we do understand that this is something new, nobody has ever dealt with it in this generation. We understand that. So we we want to take away, we don't want to blur the lines and, and, and make people think, oh, okay, well, they, they're just bashing all Republicans. Again, we don't know all Republicans. So yeah. now that we're open for business, we are open for business, what will be the result? Is it too soon or is it? You know, are we just so excited to go and get nails done and haircuts and all of those other things? <laughs> is that uh, the highest priority here? Because I haven't heard one person say, when this is over, I am going to go to the school district to find out the status mm-hmm. of my child's education. I have not seen that on mm-hmm. Facebook, have not heard anybody say that. The priority right now is haircuts and fingernails from what I've heard. So explain to me, is this too early or what what are we doing here?
2: Well, again, who made it that priority? So I have to – I I don't know if that's my priority or if there's anybody's priority. It's what you're dictating that should be open. So, for example, I did get – You know, I got a lot more context behind one of the Texas executive orders of restarting elective surgeries um, here um, later this week. You know, my first mindset when I went to think about elective surgeries was, who needs a nose job right now? Who needs a tummy tuck? Like, I'm so mad. Like, are we seriously (laughs) going to put people at risk for that? But the reality is that if it's not life-threatening, If you had a surgery that was considered not life-threatening, meaning that you would expire before this um, stay-at-home order expired, um, they canceled your surgery. So that could be removing a cancer, quite frankly. Um, So Mm -hmm. what happened, though, it wasn't the human factor behind, wow, there are some cancer patients out here or some other people who their, condition, their conditions are getting worse, even though they're not going to you know mm-hmm. expire today or tomorrow, it will be best that we got them in for the surgery. No, what happened was big medical systems called the governor and said, hey, we're going to be laying off quite a few people here because you did not get the surge of people who were going to be infected, so we're going to start furloughing nurses, and doctors and physicians assistants this week. So, again, economy needs, economic needs, are outweighing human life, and that is where I just I am enraged beyond the least about it. And I believe that any gains that we've gotten from the sheltering in place, whether it's in Texas, Florida, um, Georgia, all of those gains will be gone within three weeks.
3: I mean, it looks like they're going to do – I think it is too soon. I think we don't even know – how can you go from everyone needs to stay indoors, we're so serious that we're going to shut everything down completely – there's the media campaign that's telling everyone to stay at home. This is airborne, that we do not have a vaccine. Hey, brace yourselves, prepare for the worst. No change. And then say, okay, we're going to start okay. opening things back up. I'm sorry. I, that, mm-hmm. That's hard for me to wrap my head around. I don't have a medical degree. I've never done anything in medicine. But that don't look right. That that. Something's missing here. You ever taste something and you're like, I followed the instructions, but it's not tasting right. You missed one of the ingredients. Something is missing there. And I think it's more so these quote-unquote powerful people who have influence, who have money, Mm -hmm. who have means, who can pick up their phone and call the governor, are, are really having more of a say when this thing, you know, the the way things are being treated, and it will be absolutely devastating. You know, just last week I was told not to go anywhere, and now you're saying we're gonna open back up. I'm gonna be able to go to bars and stuff next week as long as I wear my mask. Come on. Yeah.
1: Who right. who who's going to police that? Once this all starts to open up, the six feet, um, even in the work environment, if you work in a call center, if you work in an area where everyone does not have their own office, how, how is that going if to be work police factory, as we open? <laughs> yes,
2: it's, exactly. It's so so who's policing that? No one's policing it. There is a hope and a prayer that businesses will reinforce um, you know, social distancing and that they will be the um, protocols of taking temperatures and all of these types of things that start to shift. Um, but the reality is because no playbook has been written, no guidelines have been given in a format in which pushed down to even the smallest small business, because those things have not happened, we're not ready.
0: Right. And so until –
2: Until even, like, I think, was it Friday, I asked people, if you thought that you had this virus, what is your next step? Like, I wake up, I think that I have this virus. One in 20 people told me the right answer.
0: Wow. Mm -hmm.
2: One in 20. So we had a nation, and I'm literally talking about the one in 20 was like, I self-isolate and I call my doctor to find out what are my next steps so that I can actually get tested. That, that, that's what that person said, like literally one in 20. So wow. if you think about, and these, these people I would classify as being informed, understand what's happening and going on. Now let's think about the person who is getting their news from social media or watching no news at all or don't understand what's happening Imagine that they don't know, and they could be just walking into the nearest ER because they feel
0: bad.
3: Well, and, and I, I would I would also say that there's there's a lot of miscommunication. I think a lot of people are having a hard times a hard time even processing it. I think I told y'all that last week, or well, week before last, one of my cousins was uh, shot and killed, and so not too long after that, all my relatives. Mm-hmm went over to my aunt's house, and I'm thinking to myself, aren't we supposed to be uh, quarantining? And so, so they, mm-hmm. went on, they went on and they announced the, um, the funeral, and I was just sure that there was going to be some kind of video funeral and they were only going to have 10 people. Mm-hmm. They had a regular funeral. They had a regular funeral. Yeah. And, then they, and then they had a repast on, on Saturday with T-shirts, mm-hmm. okay, And I'm looking online, and there are 60 people at my aunt's house, right? One of those people being Mm -hmm. one of my younger cousins who's a teacher who was at the funeral and at the repast. But here was his quote on Facebook from three hours ago. He says, It's crazy how America and our elected officials aren't even trying to mask the fact that they don't care about the lives of its citizens. Data does not support that it's okay to reopen America, Texas, or anywhere. Do not be tricked into thinking it's safe to step out again because of our government's greed to maintain the economy. Hashtag stay home. So my head exploded because I'm like, you were at the report. like (laughs) – <laughs> like, is there some you know, mental like, gymnastics? You know why he was
2: there? You know why he was there? Because they told the coronavirus not to come that day.
0: <laughs> that's what I'm saying. And I'm and I'm explaining it.
2: Like it's not going to strike here. <laughs> right. right. So oh, right.
3: I'm, like,
2: yeah.
3: I'm explaining to my mother. I'm like, hey, because she's like, look at the look at the flyer. It said to wear masks and gloves. I said, mom. If that, were, if that were enough, they would just open everything up and just say wear masks and gloves. Mm-hmm. It would be much easier than mm-hmm. them shutting down, you know, the, the world, essentially. So, no, I, I, think, I think there's a, a lot of education that needs to happen. You're absolutely right. One in 20, that's crazy. I would argue a lot of people don't, a lot of people that I know don't call their doctor for stuff. They don't yeah. – like, that's not in the deck of cards of things to do. Like, if I'm I'm going to call – And some people don't personally. have a doctor. Yeah, and they don't have a doctor. Uh, some, uh, right. That was going
0: to be
2: my next comment. <laughs> some people don't have a primary doctor, and the emergency room is their doctor. Um, I, I mean, this – between – just think about the – you know, I expect there to be – pitfalls and shortages and challenges with anything that you do. We know this. Nothing is ever perfect. Mm -hmm. But when I think about the massive, like, failing, for the lack of a better word, um, across just getting testing supplies to states, helping states get testing supplies, getting personal protection equipment for these, um, for healthcare workers and first responders, when I think about the failings on that, Aspect. All the way to the other side where you have franchise corporations like Ruth Chris and Potbellies and all yes. these other um, companies going through these loopholes based on the number of employees that they have per location to take dollars out of the system intended for small businesses. The level of incompetence is just mind-boggling. I do not recall any of this in 2009 when we had a possible pandemic that, thank God, yes, that black president, Mr. Obama, did stop from taking many lives. I'm, I'm, I don't remember that from that happening. I don't remember from Ebola us having this amount of failings that have occurred with this administration in a short span of 90 days. I think it's
1: not only the administration, and again, I, I don't yes. just blame Republicans. I, I think that the responsibility lies with the people that we have elected, but Absolutely. I think there is some responsibility on the messaging in regards to the media and media reporting. Yes. They have they bear some responsibility with this because when you tell people, and I do believe I said this um, last week. Um, the -hmm. AIDS crisis, the initial AIDS crisis said people of a certain lifestyle. So if you weren't of that lifestyle, you probably didn't worry about it. But once Mm -hmm. it began affecting and infecting, you know, other people, then people started to pay attention. Then they took some ownership of it. So it's the same thing with the media initially saying the older people, and now it's, you know, vulnerable population, in particular African-American and but Hispanics are dying at a higher rate. So now I don't have to worry about it. I can go and protest in Michigan uh, with my flags and my banners uh, without <laughs> any mask because it's not my disease. So we right. I have to give some of that. this responsibility
2: to the media. I'm not going to give that responsibility to the media because the media is reporting what this administration is sharing. In fact, I would like to give credit to the media community because they were the first ones to say, this is blown, this is like decimating African American zip codes. And this administration initially said it was not, even though the media had the data. The media also said, this is. Based on them going to other scientists outside of this administration, also said this could be airborne. And this administration said, no, it's not. You don't need to wear a mask. On March 1st, Jerome Adams stood up and said, Stop buying masks. It's not helping you. It won't protect you. This is not airborne. Again, I'm not going to give that responsibility to the media. If anything, I would like to give them credit or pushing the narrative when we had an administration who said this is a hope, this is not going to be that big, oh, as soon as the weather gets warm, it's going to die out. That's what we were dealing with. So I I can't give them that responsibility. And, again, here we have have this administration saying that this is a disease that is decimating minority populations pretty much giving people to the right and supporting them. In protesting this, so I, I can't fault them for that. I, I, I would. I, would I, I think we I would, would be doing would, a disservice.
3: I would argue against. I think. I think we shouldn't put all the blame on the federal, on the White House at that. Right. Nor should we put it at the federal Honestly. level at all. I think there are certain there are certain mechanisms. For instance, right, unemployment, right, and the dissemination of SNAP benefits. <laughs> That falls on the state, right? So when I look at Mm -hmm. who's the chair of the state Senate or state House committee that's over the Department of Health and Human Services, that oversees the Texas Workforce Commission, even though they're not in session, the chairs of those committees Mm -hmm. are still – they still have a say in what goes on. I'm looking at – uh, estate workers that work at the Department of Licensing, for instance, that aren't issuing any licenses, right? People that have certain mm-hmm. similar similar um, um, job categories as those that are supposed to process unemployment claims that are either furloughed or not working, right? Why wasn't there forethought to expand and to, if not prepare, because it was sudden, to, to now expand and absorb as we roll forward? That's not happening at the state level or at the city level. You look at the city. But who who is in control
2: of those channels that you speak on? Which political party is in control of those particular resources?
3: But but I guess my argument would be this. This would be my argument because we hear this a lot. People go to Austin. They get beat up during the legislative session. They don't pass any bills. And then all the bills that, that do horrible, they get shot down. And session after mm-hmm. session, they come back home and they say, boy, oh, boy, I tried, but they got me. Them Republicans got me. It's more of them than it is of us, right? And they do this over mm-hmm. and over and over and over and over. <laughs> At a certain point, you don't get to make that your claim anymore. You ran again for reelection, knowing that that was the makeup, right? So if you didn't have some new theory, if you're political or your diplomacy isn't on that level, if you're negotiation or you're lawyering or you're uh-huh. getting on that level, why did you even run again? Don't come back home with that mm. again.
0: Mm. Yeah, so I would,
3: you I would argue that you
2: are, you are explicitly right, but again, they can't position to um, make change if the people aren't going to want that change and clamor for that change. And you'll see that Three years that Texas was blue, there was an uprising right before that on both sides of the party, and that's what it's going to take. It's going to take people on both sides, supporting both parties, to say, "Hey, good Abbott, this is a ridiculous plan. This makes no sense." And guess what? Not one. There's, there's some Republican constituents and Republican leaders out there who think that reopening Texas is a ridiculous idea, yet none of them have the guts or the gumption to challenge this
3: man, not right. one. Well, and, and, and one thing, I would argue to you, I think, go ahead.
2: No, go ahead. I was going to say the one thing that Republicans do, they they don't fall in love, they fall in line. They, they fall in line. And whatever their leadership says, that's what goes. And you can see that, both from the makeup and the ridiculousness of their party. If I was in this party right now and I had a leader who said, I've saved billions of lives, yet there are only 330 million people in, in the United States, I would be running for me never to make a comment because the idiocy that comes out of it, just, just not, it, it, it I, couldn't even, I couldn't even defend it. But for some reason, they have found a way to stomach and defend all of it.
3: Yeah. Yeah. I, I I would argue that I think we did the best when the house was at like seventy six seventy four when you really had to work with the other side um, in order to get mm-hmm. something done. This uh, a, a great uh, one of the state reps up in Seattle said this. He said uh, the the best things happen when no neither side gets their way. If one side gets their way, that's yeah. how you know the bill, something's going to fall apart mm-hmm. because it's not really, it's not really thorough. And, and I would agree that I think on both sides there are checks and balances that often need to happen, but out of seniority mm-hmm. or out of some kind of rule that exists that, you know, tisk tisk, you don't correct her, you don't correct him, that's the whip or that's the whoever, and there's all this protocol. Like, you don't run against someone yeah. because what about their seniority? There are all these rules, and it's like, here's the thing. Mm-hmm. If all of this was working perfectly, if this was a fine old machine, yes, let's follow the rules. But look around. Hmm. It's really not. So at this
0: point, <laughs> it's let's
3: just roll the dice. <laughs> Let let somebody else have a chance at the will. And I'm going to say, yeah, I mean, on both sides. I literally look at the same time. I look at things that I hear on both sides. Now, I'm not saying that they're equal. I Personally, I think both political parties are trash. I think one trash is just worse, mm-hmm. right? Like I have takeout from Popeye's, uh, the, the the bags that, that I just never took out, that sit on my coffee table right now. That That's trash. And there's another kind of trash that's that, it's been sitting in the bottom of a dumpster somewhere with baby diapers <laughs> and, and liquid oh, getting down in the corner oh, and it's down there permanently, right? That's another kind of both are trash. They're just different kinds of trash, you know? Okay.
0: <laughs> I so am officially again, done, right? I, I'm not just
2: feeding, I am not just feeding that with you, but getting back to, um, I'm not going to even touch that, but getting back to, I I understand what you're saying
0: completely, and
2: the second, I mean, there's no, I, I yes. would, no one should ever argue with you to say that this system isn't broken based on everything that we know. Um, we know that it's broken. But I would be the first to say, if somebody does something that surprises me, I would give them credit for it. Honestly, I did not want Nancy Pelosi to be the Speaker of the House. I thought that was the worst thing ever. And I felt like she was mm-hmm. not going to be impactful or effective. I actively lobbied against it as if I had a vote in it, okay? Yes.
0: But I can
2: honestly say that I have been pleasantly surprised with the then and vigor in which she has taken the call of the people and the manner in which she has conducted herself. It has shown me a side that I did not know existed with her. So I agree mm. with you that – they do need to, both sides, like I'm really frustrated that I don't want to hear what Joe Biden has to say in his basement right now about what he would do if he was leading a pandemic. I want the people who are in a position to make the votes to determine what is the right next step. And I well, want them to lay out a plan for us, because guess what? There is no plan coming from the White House. You,
3: you know, you know, and, and I would I would say – I kind of wish I didn't know what Joe Biden was going to say. If he was actually saying something, I think I would want to hear it. But he's not going to say anything that's controversial. He's not going to give any detail because he's a professional politician. So, like so many that we hold so dear, he knows how to get behind the podium, smile, and say a lot of nothing, right? And I think that's what a lot of people are doing because then it's like you can't get the gotcha moment from me. You know, and and yeah. I just feel yeah. like it's gonna take it's gonna take people from all sides, the left, the right and the middle. Uh and I don't think anyone let, let's go if we could go back to that, I don't think anyone is permanently on any side. I don't. I think depending on the issue, yeah. maybe ninety nine out of a hundred, but there's no way that you one hundred percent you know, that's why I hear blue no matter who, and I'm like, Okay, I get what you're saying, but that's scary, too, because if you know anything about Mussolini and Stalin, like, come on. Mm-hmm. I mean, that that's. Uh,
2: it's not it's not scary to me, only because when this man said, hey, black people, what do you have to lose? Apparently, we have quite a bit to lose. Many of us are losing our lives right now.
3: Um, but, but, but I can't roll that dice again. Here's what's scary, though, Vanessa. Through that logic, blue no matter who, we still could have had Trump mm-hmm. as a Democrat because he was up until Obama became became in office. If you look it up, he was he was a Democrat first. So blue no matter who could get you a Greg Abbott, yeah, or Rick Perry,
2: and his his politics do not align with the not just the majority, even the minority of the party. So. You're right. In the context that, yeah, it could have been him, but his administration under a Democratic party would not look anything like this. He would never have made it.
1: So what? What's important, Billy, is uh, we don't want a Jonestown here from any party. You know, let's just be careful with that. Thought process, and I and I believe we're all in agreement with that. And um, you know, we we have people who uh, who love Trump, and that's fine. Uh, but they don't think that they're you know radical in a sense of whatever he says, I'm going to go along with. And then we have it on the other side as well. We we have to understand that right now it's time for critical thinking. We have to go beyond the words. Mm-hmm. And think critically on what's going to happen next. We're open for And what I, and I I was I was listening to um, Mayor Turner. To yes, and I was listening to Mayor Turner, and I didn't know this when he was speaking. He said, "Yes, we're doing the test every day, a capacity of a thousand every day." Uh, I don't know how many people Houston has, but you know we we are the fourth largest or the fifth largest city in america i do believe that's true fourth or fifth largest so 1,000 a day i'm not sure that just does not sound like enough to me <laughs> 1, but one of, of the things that he that's what he said for certain um i guess for the ones where they don't ask you to do certain things you can just go and get tested mm-hmm. they don't have all of these regulations.
3: The when he said it boasting boasting
1: and i i don't have a problem with that the problem that i have is he said and this is not his fault he said it takes 47 days to get the test results back now i don't know whether that's what? true or not i don't know whether he misspoke <laughs> but when he said 47 days i was thinking wait I a minute
2: Four two seven days maybe 427 no, days no no I hope it's 4 to 7,
1: because he said 47, and he said, this is not a quick process. 4 to 7 is quick to me. but 47, I was thinking, what is happening in America that we're opening up, and it takes 47 days? So, again, I didn't fact check it, but, again, here we are, the media, and I'm not blaming all of this on the media. I think they do play a role in this, could have come back Mm -hmm. on the news, because I watched the whole thing and said, Let's make this correction. She meant four to seven days, not 47, you know. And, yes, Mm -hmm. I I have my own responsibility to look it up, right? But Mm -hmm. what about the people Mm -hmm. who are taking this word of what this this mayor just said? You
2: know, so we're open for business. Let's put that into context, though. Let's put that into context. Mm There's 6.3 million people in Houston. And let's say if you just mm-hmm. want to test 10% of the population, and you're doing 1,000 per day, it's going to take you guys, what, a little over a year
1: 5,169
0: 10, years. <laughs> <laughs> right. I mean, it, it,
3: it's getting to the point where, like, it's ridiculous. I, I don't know, even when I think back to that $100,000 check, being held up, like, we are applauding mediocrity. Like, $100,000, no, 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 if you were giving that I to a family. I
2: personally do not think $100,000 to a food bank is mediocrity. What I do what find I, to be media, mediocre is BET having a $50,000 save ourselves. Um, but they're, if we all retweet it, every retweet up to $50,000 is what they're going oh, to God. give to the NAACP, so yeah, I have a problem with that, oh, and I let them no. know that they have a parent <laughs> company who has millions of dollars. Yet here you come with fifty thousand dollars. I believe that's meager, yeah. but I I see your point. I'm pretty sure they had to be like the Hyundai dealers, and I get what you're saying. But any new bank right now would love to have a hundred thousand dollars. Now, does she need to do a a press check? You're right, she did not need to do that girlfriend with with the really congressional it
3: districts on it. with the eighteenth congressional district printed on it. I mean it's like come on people, we're losing the like the focus i I think a lot of people are confused with what elected officials like their key function is. I think that's kind of where mm-hmm. we're 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 losing it I think. And I keep going back to Shiljekine. I'm sorry because, and I love her to death. I wouldn't be in politics if it wasn't for her. Real, I mean, like she she got me my first gig. So I say this with all reverence. I think I think the greatest sign of respect is to to have a critique of the of 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 someone that you respect, right? I think you know chasing mm-hmm. the TVs, taking the selfies. At this point, it's like that's not your role. If you want a 501c3, if you want us to like get you a nonprofit. Accreditation. We could raise you some money, and you can go and do that. What we need right now is someone with that that has that kind of bully pulpit to whip some of this stuff in order. We're doing we've been doing outreach to pull this little project together. It's going to be a helpline, and it's going to have geotagging capabilities. It's really moving, but Mm -hmm. it's shocking to sit on these conference calls to hear. How little of this already exists, or is being done? Mm-hmm. Like we were thinking, mm-hmm. I, I was so optimistic. I was like, "Oh, it'd be plug and play. We'll just take what the city and the county are doing, and the feds, and we'll put it all in a clearinghouse." And then we'll, it doesn't even exist. Yeah, okay? it's, so it's now they're reaching out to us to get our list and to be on a on a share serve every day. I'm like, "Are you serious? We're not even funded." Yeah.
0: Yeah, cool. So now that we're
3: open for business, what are yeah. what
0: are you
1: guys? We have seven minutes, and to our audience yep. that's tuned in, you're listening to Beyond Words with Shanessa White and Darrell Douglas, and we're talking about you know the country being open for business. So, are you going out, Shanessa? Now that we are slowly, no ma'am,
2: opening the country, no, where are you going? I will not. <laughs> I'm not going anywhere, and I'm going to tell you um, I'm not going anywhere. Um, I'm, I'm going to be a part of the um, reopen 2.5, I think, after we tried this the first and second time. If it works those times and we roll that patch out, that 2.5, I'm going to be there. So I'm not. We have already determined school is closed for the, um, for the year. We're going to continue with our e-learning through May. We're going to take our walks in the afternoon, and we are still going to be at home.
1: Darrell?
3: I'm staying at home. I'm not (laughs) trusting anything. I think I'm getting tired of these knee-jerk reactions. It's like, can we ease into something? Now you finally got me at, like, fear level seven, and now you want me to just – go outside and play and, and go back to my, go and get my hair cut? No. I'm gonna grow this beard mm. in. This mini fro is probably turn into a bigger <laughs> pro. I may end up getting braids. <laughs> you know, who knows? But like oh, wow. like I'm I'm Tom I'm Hanks. Sat out. <laughs> yeah, Tom Hanks. There you go. I'm gonna sat down. Two, two people today commented on my actually somebody the other day commented on my beard on a call And somebody today commented on a beard, about my beard. They were like, wow, your beard. And in my head, I'm like, I've always had a beard. But I guess it is fuller. (laughs) And it's going to get even fuller. And no, like, I'm not. And to be honest, I think this is a good reality check. Because I've cooked a whole lot more. I've really paid Mm -hmm. attention to where I was spending my time. Because when you do, you know how you have too many things opened on your, you got like 17 tabs open and there's music coming from somewhere and you can't close it all mm-hmm. out and you gotta turn it off and turn it on. That's what's happened. So I've slowly reassembled my little world mm-hmm. the necessities. Yes. And I'm like, wow, like I'm saving so much money. I'm much more intentional about like where mm-hmm. I'm going, spending my time mm-hmm. and this and that. Mm-hmm. 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 So before we go, because
1: I would love to continue this conversation and ask about those stimulus checks and how convenient it is that America is opening uh, so people can have time to spend the stimulus check mm-hmm. and not pay their rent the next week. But that's another story. So <laughs> let, <Yeah>. let's go. <laughs> yeah, you see how I threw that in? So let's go. Yeah, I onwards. saw that.
2: I saw that. And, and,
1: and tell me, um, both of you tell me again we're going to go beyond words what are some things that people can do now that we're open for business how can they stay cautious if they've decided hey you know I can't stand being in the house anymore I have to leave if the mall is open I'm going or uh if uh I don't think there's a Fridays but if Fridays is open or whatever I'm going so what what advice or you know What would you say to those people at this point?
2: I would tell people to remain cautious, and I would um, definitely tell them that they should um, identify where can they get tested in their their community now so that they understand should they start to feel that they have symptoms or they've been exposed to someone, they know what they need to do. Personally, I would not venture out into crowded spaces, and that includes church. I'm just going to be very candid in saying that. Um, I would not venture out into any, any places that have more than 10 people in a close space. I would tell anybody to do that. So I would avoid bars and movie theaters and restaurants, quite frankly, unless they are a hearing too much. around?
3: Yes, I would tell folks to take it easy. If it's not necessary, don't do it. And to just trek e- you know, trek it on, a, on an easier pace. You know, I've gotten used to not eating out as much. Uh, I've gotten used to not mm-hmm. going to every invitation. Like, usually, for my weeks, I get slammed Every, usually mm-hmm. a four out of five days, I'm having lunch with someone else or with a group. Like that's every day I'm having, I was having lunch with somebody. And normally every evening for dinner, I'm either doing something work related or socially. And to, to get that completely cut out, there's like this zen. I'm mm-hmm. like, wow, I can actually enjoy my time, I can take a deep breath mm-hmm. and enjoy myself. You know, and really, you know, I'm not constantly keeping up with the next thing. And it's just been beautiful. So I would tell people to do that, like just add it on slowly. Um, you know, I know we're running out of time, but uh, a couple of months ago, I ended up losing my wallet. And so I had to get new cards. And so that meant all my stuff got cut off slowly, but surely, because I didn't call and catch it all up. Uh, Netflix, Hulu, mm-hmm. you know, all these different Little monthly things, and so finally, I was like, "Well, if it's necessary, I'll add it back. But if I don't miss it, I'll just leave it." And that's what I did. Uh-huh. And so this mm. is like the the third level of that. You know, that was level two, and now I feel like I'm at level three. And I, I would just recommend everyone to do that that same thing.
2: Yeah.
3: Add only back and be careful.
2: Necessary. Yes.
1: Be careful. Yeah, be in careful. Terms of the stimulus check. And, and and even with finances and know that there may not be another check coming around the corner and there may be some different businesses that will open and that will rehire and and also know that there are some businesses who are rethinking the, their position.
2: If mm-hmm. they considered
1: you yeah. non-essential, you may still be considered non-essential. Nobody is guaranteed their job mm-hmm. back, maybe those who were furloughed, but those of our, those who are not, we have to be careful with that and not fall into this trap of, oh, we're open for business. Let's just go and spend this uh, extra $1,200 or what have you. We have to be uh, careful financially because we don't know if this thing is going to start up again. And if it does, mm-hmm. then where will we be? You know, we have to be extra cautious when it comes to that. And and, and just be mindful of who you're listening to and what media sources and things of that nature that you're listening to so that there is not uh, continued mixed messages. And I think that's Mm -hmm. that's certainly one of the um, important things as well. Well, I want Mm -hmm. to thank you guys so much, as always, for Beyond Words with Shanessa White and Darrell Douglas, uh, before we go, could you guys let people know how they can connect with you, uh, whether you feel comfortable giving them information regarding Facebook, Twitter, uh, whatever sure. social media um, outlet you feel comfortable with?
0: Yes. People sure.
1: can
2: follow me on Twitter or Facebook, and it's just phone. Um, you can find me um, C H I N I S S A, and um, that's about it.
3: And for me, I'm on Facebook, Darrell K Douglas, but that's Darrell two R's one L. Blame my mom, okay? Darrell K Douglas on <laughs> Facebook, <laughs> and then on Instagram, I'm Darrell D U R R and seven L's. I have something with the letter seven. I love the letter seven. I mean the number seven. So D U R R E and then seven Ls uh, on on Instagram and on so Twitter. So is it a um, seven
1: then an L or seven Ls? When no, it's seven Ls. So it's
3: Dorel L L L L L L. Yeah, <laughs> Dorel is D U R R E L L L L L L L. Yeah, and then same thing on Twitter. And then oh, Lord. things that so Twitter, Instagram. I'm I'm, I'm I feel old because I don't know how to do Snapchat. I, I feel like I remember when like Facebook first came out. My, my aunts used to be like, "Don't put me on that book face thing. Don't have me out there." But uh, so I don't have Snapchat. So no, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter. I think that's all of them.
1: All right. Awesome, awesome. <laughs> well, you guys can certainly follow the show, Your 15 Minutes Radio at Your15Men on uh, Twitter as well as Black Women Speak underscore on Twitter as well. So um, make sure you follow these great people who come every week to give us some insight and they go beyond words uh, to give you practical knowledge, things that you can implement in your lives that is good for you. So, again, thank you guys so much for listening, and we are going to end the show with Marvin Gaye. Have a good night. um Interested in advertising? Advertise today on the number one online radio network for entrepreneurs, Your 15 Minutes Radio Network. Contact us at advertise at your15minutesradio.com.